This episode is brought to you by CLA. Here's your money briefing for Friday, March 10th. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. Let's say you're making vacation plans and you're researching Airbnb properties. The price and the photos will help you make your decision, and so will ratings from past guests. But that's where things get kind of thorny, because those ratings might leave more questions than answers. So a lot of times guests want to be generous, and they think, oh, I had an amazing time, I'll give five stars, or maybe some things weren't exactly as I thought they should be, but I don't want to put the host out, so I'll give them high five-star rating. Coming up, we'll talk to Wall Street Journal travel reporter Allison Poli after the break. When it comes to planning for the future, taxes and wealth advisory tend to be viewed as two separate conversations, but some things are just better together. That's why at Clifton Larson Allen, they call it 12th. Here's Clayton Bland, Chief Wealth Advisory Officer at CLA. More often than not, all of the decision-making around the tax relationship are predicated on things that have happened in the past. An investment advisory relationship would be something that's looking at, hey, what are your future goals? How can we allocate capital to help you achieve those goals? So when we talk about 12, tax and wealth together, that's really what we provide at CLA with that combination of both professionals. It provides for the necessary information to make the decision that will have the best impact on you, both from a goal standpoint of my portfolio and also from a tax consequence standpoint of when I file my tax return. Visit CLAConnect.com for more insights from Clifton Larson Allen. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Investment advisory services are offered through Clifton Larson Allen Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Many Americans will include reservations at Airbnb properties as part of their spring and summer travel plans. But the ratings left by previous guests might not tell the whole story of what to expect when they walk in the front door. Wall Street Journal travel reporter Allison Poli looked into this, and she joins me with more. Hey, Allison, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. So, Allison, there are several companies in the vacation rental space. Why are guest reviews particularly important to Airbnb hosts? This is an extremely competitive environment for Airbnbs and for short-term rentals in general. There are more short-term rental options and listings than there have been in prior years, so hosts need to stand out. And one way they can do that is through the guest rating. And that's the rating that the guest leaves at the end of their stay where they're talking about not just their overall experience, but how the host fared on certain categories such as responsiveness and cleanliness. And how do those ratings help Airbnb hosts stand out among their competitors? One way it factors in is the Airbnb algorithm, and that determines which properties are going to show up when a guest is searching for where to stay. And so super hosts, and those are people who have an overall average of at least 4.8 stars, They typically earn more than regular hosts, and a lot of times they show up higher in the algorithm when a guest has been searching. For example, say a guest is searching for a property with three bedrooms, a pool, and a fire pit. The listings that come up are going to depend on a bunch of factors, like what's available, the price, but also how responsive the host is, the number of cancellations, and the rating that the host has as well. 
How does a guest rating affect a host's relationship with Airbnb? The feedback that they get depends on what their recent ratings are. And so we know that the average rating for homes in the U.S. on Airbnb was 4.74 stars in 2022. And it was pretty much identical in 2021 and 2019, according to a market research firm called AirDNA. But if hosts receive an overall rating of one to three stars, they're essentially in trouble. Now, Airbnb says these emails that they'll send out are automated and they aren't meant to punish hosts. But in reality, they let them know, hey, your ratings aren't what they used to be. And if you want to keep your listing active, your ratings have to improve. So these emails will give them tips. They'll give them links to message boards. It will give them detailed feedback on what guests have been saying so they can improve their stays. But they make hosts pretty nervous because some of them say, you know, if I get a few of these one star reviews from people who have an axe to grind, then I'm in trouble. Okay, so it's really important to the host that they get a review from a guest that's as close to five stars as possible, if not five stars. Yes, not just approaching five stars. That is five stars. That's what they all want. But of course, there are rules about this from Airbnb. So hosts are not technically allowed to promise anything in exchange for a five-star review. They're really not supposed to be messaging people, asking for it specifically, or withholding any type of information or offers for in exchange for these five-star reviews. That's not to say that doesn't happen, but... But yes, there are rules around the rating system that are put in place by Airbnb. Now, you mentioned a moment ago that the average guest rating is between 4.7 and 4.8. That's pretty close to five stars. Wouldn't that be a good rating for a host? Essentially, if a host is not getting a five-star review, they see it as a detriment. So to have super host status, which is the top of the top tier, hosts need to have an average rating of 4.8. So that means if someone is getting consistent four stars, their overall rating is going to drop. They're in jeopardy of losing their super host status. And it's different on other platforms. So Airbnb's smaller competitor, Verbo, to maintain the top status, hosts need to have a 4.3 overall rating or above, as opposed to Airbnb, which requires 4.8 or above. All right. And so what's the concern about how a rating that's close to a five, but not quite a five, might be perceived by potential guests? It's not as good as a property that's getting a 4.9, for example, or 4.95. And you're really litigating the difference between tenths of stars in this percentage. You know, these go down to the decimal point. But from a guest perspective, it's also kind of tough to tell what the difference is between a 4.7 and a 4.8, for example. So a lot of times guests want to be generous and they think, oh, I had an amazing time. I'll give five stars or maybe some things weren't exactly as I thought they should be, but I don't want to put the host out, so I'll give them a high five-star rating. At the same time, there is this pressure from the host. Some hosts put up magnets in their properties explaining the rating system and saying, if you don't give me five stars, I could be in trouble with the platform. So there is this pressure for guests to sometimes inflate their ratings, what guests I spoke to told me. 
Oh, so there's a responsibility on the part of the guest here when it comes to writing up these reviews. Guests are part of this, yes. Ultimately, they decide what rating they want to give and how honest they want to be at the end of the day. So what kind of research can a guest do to be better informed when they're planning to make a reservation? If you ask Airbnb, they say most guests leave reviews that are reflective of their experience and are truthful. A lot of guests, however, say that they feel pressured to leave higher ratings, perhaps, than the property deserves. So one thing travelers can do is read the reviews very closely and read the content of in addition to just looking at the star ratings, take a look at what people wrote. And a lot of times you can see subtle messages about the quality of the property. Maybe people are vague about what they experience, but they might refer to an issue. So be on the lookout for descriptions that might indicate something went wrong and can help you learn a little bit more about where you might be staying. All right, that's Wall Street Journal travel reporter Allison Poley. Allison, thanks again for being with us. Thanks for having me. And that's your Money Briefing. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. This episode is brought to you by CLA. 